Just how much impact can owning your supply chain have on your whole business and the community around it? It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, welcome to our first episode of 2022 and the first episode of our 2022 January growth series. A very special welcome if it's the first time you've tuned in to the e-commerce master plan podcast or if you're tuning in again for the first time in a while. It is excellent to be chatting to you all. Here on the e-commerce master plan podcast, we bring you inspiring stories and examples of retailers and brands who are striving for e-commerce success and doing interesting things on the path to net zero. Every January, we release our January growth series to help you pull together your perfect plan for 2022. And we've got some cracking guests coming up for you over the next nine episodes, including, of course, our hugely popular mashup episodes, where a flock of e-commerce experts each share their bite-sized top tips. For this, our first episode, though, our guest is a truly inspiring business owner who's taking control of the supply chain in the leather goods sector to make a huge impact in the community they're based in, award-winning in fact, and improve the environment. They've also been doubling sales every single year since they launched. We get into how he's done all of that and lots and lots of advice for all of you. Get ready to be inspired by Ian as soon as we've heard from our sponsors. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly $500 billion, that's billion with a B, by 2025. As the fastest growing area in commerce, subscriptions hold tremendous opportunities to build a community of customers who share your values. Recharge powers the growth of thousands of subscription merchants and their communities, turning one-time transactions into long-term customers customer relationships. With subscriptions, merchants are able to experience predictable revenue, increased customer loyalty and higher average order values. Whether you're a direct-to-consumer business or an omnichannel brand, subscriptions strengthen your brand's relationship with your customers and make it easy for consumers to make repeat purchases. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Get started today with the subscription payment solution trusted by over 45 million subscribers subscribers worldwide. Check them out at rechargepayments.com forward slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Ian Bentley is the co-founder and CEO at Parker Clay. Parker Clay sell handcrafted leather goods made in Ethiopia and are on a mission to create a better bag for a better world. Something they are clearly doing well at, as in 2021, they won the B Corp Best for the World Award for their community impact efforts. Founded in 2014, they've been consistently doubling the business every year and now have a global team of over 200 people. Hello, Ian. Hey, Chloe. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to have you here, and I am fascinated to find out how you've achieved your growth levels and how you've created such a kind of good for the planet business as well in so many areas. If you could see me, the gray hairs would be part of that story. But yes, it's been a lot of work. 
I wish I could put put my grey hairs down to that, but they're just down to podcasting. Um, so, um, Ian, how did you get into e-commerce? It's a great story. I uh, grew up in Santa Barbara, California. Met my uh, wife actually in high school, high school sweetheart. So I'm going to go all the way back to that. Okay. But we started uh, building our family careers. Um, you know, kind of our what you may call the Western dream. I don't know if it's just American dream, but you know, and uh, we talked about having a third child and ended up adopting from Ethiopia. Uh, and that actually brought us there for the first the first time. And this is a longer story because it ultimately led to uh, selling everything we had, leaving our careers behind and buying one-way tickets uh, and moving our family to Ethiopia to help a community there create jobs. Wow. And... Um, it was there we started uh, Parker Clay um, by uh, working with a group of women who had been trafficked and in prostitution to say they they wanted jobs, they wanted opportunity. And for us, we felt like the leather industry specifically and creating leather bags was a huge opportunity um, because it was from Ethiopia. And so to answer the question, how did we start e-commerce? Well, we started creating these bags and we didn't really know how to sell them. And so we had to figure out a way to do that. And we called up a friend who we said, hey, I think at the time it was uh, Squarespace might have been, you know, the wow. probably le least likely e-commerce platform. Um, but we said, hey, you have a garage. We have these products. Can we create a website and throw them up? And so that was 2014. And we just started um, selling our bags while living in Ethiopia um, on online. And so that was really the genesis of our e-commerce adventure. So it kind of happened through this crazy adoption, move to Ethiopia um, model, which was really unexpected. We didn't think that was all going to happen. Just so I get this clear, you went to Ethiopia to adopt a child and you ended up moving there, um, starting a business and that was starting a manufacturing business and then going, how do we sell this? Yeah, pretty typical, right? Wow. I mean, it, yeah, it was, yeah. it was a wild, wild adventure. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, and we did, and we started out with a few employees, um, you know, very, very small and we scaled it and grew it to where today we have over 200 employees and, uh, um, you know, massive option opportunity over there with, uh, 80% employment of women, which is also something we're really proud of and scaling you know, to our wildest imagination. So it's really fun. It's phenomenal. I think any business that starts and does, you know, the supply chain right the way through from day one is pretty impressive. When you're doing it across borders and with such good reasons for doing it as well, which we will we will certainly be getting into, I think it, it's a, it's phenomenal and to create create the growth as well. But like, before we get into all of that, let's just, just um, explain a little bit more about the business as it is right now. So Obviously, your manufacturing is still based in Ethiopia. Where are you and where are you mainly selling to? So we're back in Santa Barbara, California. Uh, we have a headquarters here. We have about a 10,000 square foot office warehouse. So we also do all of our own fulfillment. Uh, so every order that we make at our factory in Ethiopia travels 9,000 miles across the world to our warehouse here in Santa Barbara. And the majority of our business is direct to consumer. So we're primarily selling uh, online through our site. And um, we pride ourselves in that supply chain and being able to understand it, communicate to it, 
control it, uh, especially given today, I feel like supply chain is a, you know, four letter word. And so, you know, we've, we've figured out how to do that, but, but the reason why we wanted to do that from the beginning was we, we, we deeply care about the people that we work with and the impact around that supply chain. Because if you think back to like 2013, uh, the factory that collapsed in Bangladesh, uh, Rana Plaza, killed over a thousand people. And people really started to wake up to this idea of fast fashion, right? And it's still with us today. So we still are fighting this idea of mass consumption, fast consumption to the, the tune of, wait, how are my products made? How are they impacting people? And that's something that people don't want to compromise on, but they just also don't know how else to find these things. And so that's why we created Parker Clay in a big way was we can speak to the people that we know them. Uh, we can go all the way through the supply chain. And so having that owned all the way through to literally delivering it to the customer is something that we are, we're, we're very much, we don't talk about customers, we talk about community. Um, and that's something that Parker Clay is really about. Excellent. Um so much there I want to ask you about, but we'll just finish off kind of the key details first. I mentioned you're selling handcrafted leather goods. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about the product? Yeah. So when we lived in Ethiopia, I was buying a gift for my wife's birthday. And um, there's not a lot of big shopping in Ethiopia like we would imagine uh, elsewhere. And I, we, But we came across this leather bag. And it both it caught my it caught my wife's eye, and we looked inside, and there was a tag that said "Made in Ethiopia." Uh, it happened to have the gentleman's phone number on the back of the tag, so we called him and said, "Wait, where did you get the leather from?" And he kind of responded, "Like, what are you talking about? There's, do you not know Ethiopia is one of the largest producers of leather in the world?" So we said, "Wow, can we follow up and see a little bit more about that?" Went to a tannery. The day that we happened to go to the tannery, the owner of it was loading a shipping container with leather. And we asked him where he was taking it. And he said, oh, I'm shipping this to Italy. And it was one of those aha moments where we said, you're shipping Ethiopian leather to Italy. And so instantly, if we think made in Italy, we all can mm -hmm. think of the brands and the names that go along with that. So that was really the, the, the moment where we said, if we can create a premium world-class brand and product, Along with the impact that we want to see in the world, this is this is the heartbeat for my wife and I. This is what we want to do with our lives, and that's where we started to say we can create brand a brand and a product that can compete with the world's top leather brands. And by the way, the leather is coming from Ethiopia, anyways. So we're just going to cut out the middleman and make it at the source and create those jobs. And so we're manufacturing um, leather bags, accessories, wallets, um, keychains, but all the way up to travel luggage and, and things like that. And it's all you know from the source, handcrafted uh, in our factory in Ethiopia. Excellent. And then, and I guess, guess it's better for the local economy in Ethiopia that rather than dispatching flat hides, they are doing the work that makes every square inch of leather worth considerably more because it's now in the format of a bag. So it's it means more of the value is going back to the country of origin, I suppose. A hundred percent. Yeah, you, you nailed it. And for us, we are the largest exporter of finished leather goods from Ethiopia. So, you know, we're also making a sizable impact because of that. And 
the economics of it are, you know, we are buying these products from ourselves essentially, but we're buying them by sending Forex USD over there. Uh, and that's a deep impact in the economy. But oftentimes what you see in uh, markets that have raw materials is that they are, are taken at their raw material point and then value added somewhere else. That's kind of the unknown behind a lot of the scenes. And, you know, for us being able to take that raw material from Ethiopia, but but make it into that beautiful bag in Ethiopia, not just stimulates and creates uh, jobs and, and the economy, but it also gives a sense of pride, right? This isn't made in Italy. It's made in Ethiopia, uh, where its home is from. Like it's, this is, this is at its origin. And so I think that it instills also a pride in the country and in the people that is really meaningful. Yeah, hugely, hugely impactful. And uh, um, there must be so many ways over the last seven years, it's spinning off to create other great impacts around that country and possibly around wider Africa. Um, which platform are you are you selling on? You mentioned Squarespace earlier. I'm guessing you're not still on Squarespace now. Definitely not on Squarespace anymore. Yeah, we're Shopify Plus, um, have been on Shopify Plus for a number of years now, and um, it's been great. It's been great and continues to add the right tools for us and the right ecosystem. But um, we've kind of picked Shopify and have stuck with it for the majority of our tenure. And you mentioned the, the Shopify ecosystem. So are there any parts of that ecosystem you particularly like to give a, give a mention to? You know, there, I feel like it's being added to daily. Um, so I, I can't keep track. I actually I was in a meeting this last week with my team and I feel like there was like, triple whales and purple unicorns and like there's so many names <laughs> out there now where like can we just streamline this but um I, I i totally get that i was um i'm in the process of hiring someone to look after my my websites on wordpress for me and i was i was looking through the back ends of them going i can't even remember what that plugin does why is it there and then going chloe don't just delete it because it might be doing something important they do just kind of breed don't they I feel like, yeah, and you, and you do have to be careful, I feel like, as a business owner, because there is that that SaaS aspect of it can be quite costly if you're not paying attention to it. Um, we just relaunched our website under the Shopify 2.0 platform. So we're really excited about uh, the, the things in that. We had an incredible developer. I feel like, you know, we don't yet have a full-time developer on staff. We've used consultants and people, but we have one who's been incredible at kind of creating his own stuff behind the scenes, which has done things like what we can add in the shopping cart and the value added pieces and the, the things like that. But I feel like Shopify Plus has actually taken a lot of those elements and baked it in, mm-hmm. which gives us more of a power to be able to make those changes. So I feel like it's not as sexy, but Shopify 2.0 has been a big change you know, for us that has really added a lot of value. But we just made that change like this month. And obviously you've got the whole supply chain within owned within the business. Is that the same approach you take to the more head office functions? So your marketing and all those parts of the pie as well? We do. Yeah. So a lot of it is on the US side. Um, but, you know, again, one of the things that I think a lot of people are, are not expecting, but there is incredible talent in Africa. I mean, you know, I think shame on most of us to think Africa is this continent that doesn't get it, you know, or shouldn't get enough attention. Like there is some of the best and brightest minds uh, living in Africa. And in Ethiopia, 
we just have an incredible team. And so we actually are constantly looking to shift even more creative and marketing functions and things like that to the team in Ethiopia. It's also important from a storytelling standpoint. We have uh, Ethiopians on staff here in the U.S., as well as obviously in Ethiopia. But, you know, I, I think of the majority of the marketing functions and things like that. Fulfillment obviously is, is here in the U.S., but we're constantly in communication on both sides, you know, with our team. And we have weekly meetings with the team, but we also have monthly uh, overall leadership huddles that we do remote. I go to Ethiopia. I try to go at least quarterly. Um, I'm actually heading there in a few weeks, um, but it's, you know, FaceTime is obviously best for that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. And I suppose that the, if you've got functions as in marketing and so on, functions that exist on both continents, it makes the flow of activity a lot better. And when something like inability to fly for many months, <laughs> which we've all just been going through happens, it's less of a problem because you've got skilled people at both ends, if that makes sense, in those different areas. Absolutely. Yeah. And in, in a lot of ways, it's almost as if our engine is going, you know, 24 hours a day because as we wake up, you know, the other parts of the world go to sleep and it's vice versa. So it ends up making my day a bit longer because I try to play on both sides of it. But yeah. It, and again, it's, it's about building a team. It's about people. That's always at the core of any, I think any successful business is you've got great people behind it. So, so true. Now, look, we've discussed a lot of the positive impact angles that you, you have in your business. And there are there are multiple. I was trying to count them as I was um, as I was prepping for this interview, and I lo- I lost track of definitions between things and all the rest. But there's, it, it's not like you're just about empowerment or you're just about sustainability. It's it, it's kind of like a general how can we do good as well as make money. So, of all of those, what's the one element you're most I, I suppose passionate about, driven by, core to the business? What sits at the heart of it all? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's personal. It, it's certainly part of it. Um, and and I do believe that the businesses of today and the future look like they live at the intersection of profit and purpose because they have to be. As a society, as a community, as a global community, we want to see that. I don't think anybody, well, there might be some people that don't, but most good people do. That's what we're fighting for and that's what we believe in. And you can, you can achieve it. Um, the heartbeat for me is we often get into statistics. We often talk about numbers and whether we're in e-commerce and data. I mean, certainly data can be a love language for me in, in the business side. But when you talk about the heartbeat, the name of Parker Clay is my two sons, Parker and Clay. When I looked at my two sons and I thought that there were kids who didn't have a mom or dad to be there to support them, that's what drove us to adopt. Because I couldn't imagine a world where if Parker and Clay had a need, where I couldn't be there to help them. And when I think of Sela, who we adopted from Ethiopia first, that motivates me because I see other kids who have needs. And, and, and the women that we work with, the way they fight for their families and support their families, it's because of the Mesalus. It's because of the Truies, right? I speak to people. It's about one person. Yes, there are hundreds of thousands of people in need and millions. And But what does that mean to us? I think when we tell a story of a personal story and one person, that to me is always the heartbeat. So to be honest, when I go back to Ethiopia, 
we talk strategy, we talk about all the classic business things. You can't just ignore it. But what motivates me is sitting down and having a cup of coffee and hearing the narratives of how uh, one woman might have made incredible sacrifices for her family and been on the streets and done these things. But then she's telling me about how she is just crushing it at making these bags. And she's showing me the bag that she just made with this joy in her face saying, look what I just did. Look, what, yeah, I had to overcome huge obstacles, but look what I just did. And why would you ever doubt me? Like, there's no, it's just like creating the runway of empowerment is, I would say, a huge part of our heartbeat. And, and it comes down to just those individuals, not always mass statistics. And it is, you know, in terms of, um, as the audience know, I'm busy upskilling myself, upknowledging myself in this space at the moment. And it does seem that if we're both, as you say, the the story of the individual is very powerful call to action for people. And it really, it resonates a lot more than there's a hundred thousand starving people in X or yeah. 10,000 have been driven from their homes. You know, it resonates a lot more when we see that individual, but also if you can improve the life and empower an individual in a society that needs assistance and empowerment, it has such a huge knock-on effect. So actually to start with those with individuals has a possibly a bigger impact than running live aid um, or equally important impact maybe. And if I could add, you know, if we're talking about consumer, the consumer is a conscious consumer today, right? So if we can create a business model that has that impact, the consumer is going to want that so much more. I mean, I, I, I could tell you reviews and quotes for days of people. We had this one woman who uh, wrote this review. It was, I mean, it still gives me goosebumps, but she said, a group of women closest to me bought me this bag, bought a Parker Clay bag for her while her son was going through cancer treatment. And she said, as I wore this backpack on my back, I knew that I had a group of women who had my back. And it was like, are you kidding me? How can you find this, this product, right? That it's beautiful, it's quality, it has all these things, but it just pulls your heart out and says, we're more than this, guys. Like we can, we can be better people too. And I think that like that is a major piece to what we do as a business. Um, and I think that explains, you know, where it's it's generates such an extraction from the consumer and people want more of that. And how do you, you know, that whole, the whole storytelling piece and the conscious consumer and the emotional connection with our customers, how do you work out how much is too much or how much is not enough? Mm -hmm. Because there's still that balance between how much we talk about the why and the how and, you know, what's on the top of the homepage versus we've actually got to sell some product at some point. How do you, you get that balance in the business? You know, I tend to, use balance less in my life. And it's more of a rhythm because I've got five kids. I've got crazy things going on. I've got a business internationally. I, I don't always, it's not going to balance perfectly. It's a rhythm to it. And I think similarly, you're hitting a perfect point online where, you know, we're, we're going to, whether you're in Q4 and everybody's starting Black Friday in October um, you know, you, you look at the market and what it's doing and the discounting and all those things, you definitely have to stay locked in step to those things and be sensitive and aware to what is happening competitively. No question. But at the end of the day, I think you've got to start with product and you've got to start with the differentiator of your business. Otherwise, 
just sell everything on Amazon. You know, for us, we don't sell anything on Amazon, but it's like, and that's not bad, but, and you can have impact. You can do all those things. But for us, like, I think you, you have to start with what is it that your business wants to be about and, and what is the market fit for it as well? But it is attention. And I, and I think for us, one of the key elements for us when we started Parker Clay was, and we have the, you know, examples like Tom Shoes, which I give them credit for being pioneers in the space to say, hey, we're going to do things differently. Um, they didn't do things perfectly, but they, they pioneered it. And now they figured out, you know, things haven't gone as well with that. But I think, you know, those types of ideas stimulate it. And for us, when we were starting Parker Clay, we knew that we didn't want to just create a charity model business, right? When you bought a bag, it was one of the world's best bags. And then you learned about the impact. That's what we wanted. But then we realized customers are like, what? what? You guys are doing what behind the scenes? You're employing <laughs> this many women? Why are you talking about this? And so we kind of pushed back on another way. We went, okay, we got to do more storytelling. We got we to tell this story more. So to be honest, our journey has, we have gone back and forth and kind of found these sweet spots. And, you know, that's where we, when we landed on creating a better bag, better production to make a better world became kind of this, this foundational route to us to be able to say that where, you know, this is a bag that doesn't compromise and, and kind of hitting these key notes that don't have to be so, because what we, what we talk about, to be honest, I mean, we could probably have an hour long podcast uh, and talk about the impact and the development side and relief aspects. And because we do all that, but at the end of the day, the customer is coming to our website. They have seconds to decide, is this something I want to buy? They add it to their shopping cart and then they leave because they're distracted. So we have to remind them with an email, you know, that their cart was abandoned. Like you have to have all those best practices to be successful. And that's what enables a lot of our impact as well. So I would say it's a, it's a frequent conversation um, and we're not perfect at it, but we are continually trying to hone in and, and improve on it. And you mentioned about um, being perfect in there. And I think that's something a lot of, a lot of brands feel they need to have all the answers before they can start on a journey of putting more sustainability, more ethics, more goodness into their brand. I personally think that's wrong, but I totally get why people feel that way. You know, and then like um, your own business, this isn't criticism by any means, but I think a lot of people would think bags have to be vegan to count these days. And obviously you, you're using leather from animals, which for some people is a no-no. So, you know, you've created a model which does an amazing amount of good, but in some eyes wouldn't be seen as perfect. So have you got any advice for anyone who's going, I, I don't, I can't open the box until I've got the B Corp certificate and I've done this and I've done the other. How, how do we start down this route? I suppose is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Be okay. Not being perfect. I mean, I think you're, which obviously none of us want to be right. We always want to excel and push it and go beyond be humble, you know, be grateful. But like, I think some of these core words that are certainly buzzwords and, and fun to say, but at the end of the day, um, you're going to make mistakes, own them, right? If, if you're a leader in this industry, then please lead well. The world needs good leadership. If it, the, the last few years have taught us anything, we need good leaders around the world. We need people who lead empathetically uh, with their hearts as well as their minds um, selflessly. Like these are things that I think leaders have to emulate. I think the, you know, it's, 
so it's important and it's important actually to see your team make mistakes and fail. I know in Ethiopia, a lot of our team, you know, often the, the model there is if there's a mistake or there's something, there's an issue. Usually you don't hear about it until after it's been fixed and it's down the road. It's like, no guys, I want to know, tell me what's going on. It's okay if you make mistakes. So I think it's also creating a culture where you emulate that and you show that as a leader, but it's, by no means going to be perfect. And especially if you are stepping into a space that you want to have impact, you know, you're, you're for us as a B Corp and things, yes, there are benchmarks and there's things that we get into that can be very messy statistics. And um, you, you even brought up the leather industry and I think it's a wonderful conversation, you know, and I think in a place like Ethiopia, where 90% of the community, you got a, a country of 110 million people 90% are living rurally on the land as ag and farmers and things like that. And these animals are often used almost as family in the fields and things like that. At the end of their life, that animal might be discarded and the hide and bones is kind of thrown out. Well, that can contaminate the land. And also it's of no value. Yet here comes these groups that collect these hides, pay the farmers additional wages. So it's increasing the economy and then it's able to go to a tannery and made into a product that we have a lifetime guarantee on all of our products. So we're talking about a product that is not fast fashion, that's going to be synthetically produced, which is not good for the world, and then it doesn't last, right? So I think there's different narratives. And if we're willing to, to, to see how other people live, the world is not a small place. It's a big place. People live differently uh, and things impact people differently. So I think when you when you lead with curiosity too to learn and to understand different cultures, it can impact people in massive ways. And so there's a lot of elements to where it's an imperfect place and, and it's beautiful that people uh, want different styles and different things that, you know, if we all were wearing the same clothes, that'd be so boring and odd and weird and probably a nightmare. So I you know, I think embrace the fact that we're different, embrace the fact that we are imperfect. And we're going to make mistakes and encourage each other, help each other, right? I could support a vegan bag company and go, great, you guys are crushing it, right? If we're helping people and that the root in our DNA is that aspect, then let's help each other, champion each other. So well said. Um, Oleg, in, we, I said at the beginning that you have a business that is doing a huge amount of good in the world, but is also doubling every year and is highly successful. So how do you go about finding the time to grow the business when you're doing all these other elements as well? Yeah. I mean, it, the passion is there, obviously, for us. There, and I think it's the heartbeat you know, that I've talked about, what, what motivates me to, to push and wake up early and drive and figure things out. Also, I have an incredible team. I'm humbled by the people who have joined the, the team at Parker Clay that works so hard um, that brings so much creativity. I mean, truly, it's one of those things where you start to see this vision and the birth of the company that that Brittany and I, you know, started. And you get other people who come in and and put their fingerprint on it and do things that you're like, well, I can't. I didn't think of that. You know, that was an incredible next step. So that is a huge part, and it has been a huge part is finding the right people to embody this vision along with us um, and smart people. Right. And, you know, and, and to be able to continue to scale and grow. And, you know, we have also grown with a few, we've done a few seed investment rounds where we've brought in a few different investors who've helped us scale. 
Uh, I think that's also an important part, you know, if, depending on knowing who you are as a company, if you're going to bootstrap and start, you know, smaller, slower, nothing wrong with that. And I think for us, we've just got this huge vision to be able to um, be a global brand where we know that that growth can't be sustained just, you know, on our own. And so while we're, you know, close to profitability, even with all those growth points, we've looked at that and we will continue to, we'll look at um, bringing on additional investors as well. But, you know, that's, that's been a part of it, you know, as well for growth and be able to, being able to try new things. I think you start out as a brand and you tend to dip your toes into the Facebook and Instagram market and paid ads and realize that that gets really crazy. And certainly in a year like 2021 uh, was very wild and crazy uh, and expensive. And that's not going to change. So we've diversified and tried uh, different things. We've tried podcasts actually. Um, and we've uh, looked at direct mailers and, you know, so we're diversifying our marketing mix as well, which has been, I think, important and important, more important this year than ever before to diversify in that. And that's been a huge help for the growth, but yeah, I mean, we invested early in our infrastructure, our supply chain that took up a lot of capital, obviously, to start uh, that all up and going. So we've kind of built the foundation and now we're putting the scaffolding up and, you know, and growing even further. E-commerce Master Plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Are you an FBA seller? Then you should try out Datahawk, the next-gen e-commerce acceleration platform for Amazon and Walmart sellers. Use their robust analytics to boost your FBA sales, including easy-to-use analysis of SEO, product intelligence, including margin optimization and ad efficiency. You can even map your competitive landscape. If there's a stat, recent or historical you're after, they've almost certainly got it. As Angela Farmer, e-commerce manager at Hero Pet Brands, put it. This is the most robust and cost-effective Amazon analytics tool I've come across, and I've used multiple in the past. Try the number one FBA seller software and e-commerce analytics platform for sellers, vendors, and agencies for 14 days free and unlimited trial. Go to datahawk.co forward slash masterplan. That's D-A-T-A-H-A-W-K dot C-O slash masterplan to start your free account. If you're selling via multiple channels and want to sync all your reviews to Shopify, Opinu is the tool for you. Opinu will help you import and sync reviews from Amazon, AliExpress, eBay, and many other review capturing systems. And if you heard my recent masterclass interview with Opinu's CEO, Thomas, on the Keep Optimizing podcast, you'll know that the more reviews each product has, the higher your conversion rates and the lower your returns rates. You'll also know how important it is not just to have lots of reviews, but to put the best converting reviews in front of the customer on the product page. Something Opinu's system will do automatically for you. Trusted by 10,000 Shopify retailers worldwide, Opinu boosts Shopify stores with reviews rich in UGC. Get your reviews now with a 14-day free trial at Opinu.com. That's O-P-I-N-E-W.com. It's time for the Top Tips Round. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Ian, are you ready for the top tips? I'm ready. Okay. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agrees to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? 
I love the obstacle is the way. Um, I believe it's Ryan Holiday. Uh, incredible book talking about how we overcome the obstacle and the obstacle obviously often illuminates the path for what's ahead. Um, read it. Won't regret it. I've read one of his books, but I haven't read that one. So that's going on the reading list. Another one on the reading list. Um, there aren't enough Fridays in the year anymore. Um, okay. The traffic top tip, which marketing method do we the prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I, I got to go with email and SMS right now. I mean, that is what generates like, so any pop-ups we do, anything like that, um, that owned, owned marketing is by far the best, um, be- well, best converter, but best traffic driver for sure. Yeah, there's a lot a lot of businesses shifting their focus back there with all that's been going on of late. Um, okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? You know, on the team side, we use Slack and Asana, right? Those are two kind of core uh, team collaboration tools, hugely helpful. I'm really a big fan of Yapo. I think that they've done a good job at creating a lot of the SMS integration and reviews and things like that. And they continue to add to their platform. So unpaid sponsorship there, but they're, they're a great, you know, been a great partner for us. Excellent tips. Um, And then the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1000, what would be your number one tip for them? Hire an incredible finance team because projections are everything and and modeling out we use a tool called giraffe uh which has been also another tool um for modeling things out but if you have a good product you'll figure out how to scale like from a sales standpoint but but the infrastructure is key because if you get too big too fast and that infrastructure isn't there things are going to fall off and fall apart so i think the financial modeling that's something that I eat for breakfast every day. I'm looking at it, but I think it's critical to get a great finance department team and team lead for you. And how are we spelling that tool you mentioned? I think it was called Druve. It's literally, it looks like a giraffe uh, icon, but it's J it's J I R A V. Giraffe, but not spelt like giraffe. J I R A V. Got it now. My point earlier, right? Clever naming. Yeah, complicated, clever naming. Those purple unicorns, I think you mentioned earlier. Don't anyone Google purple unicorn. It's not an e-commerce app, or we don't think it is anyway. We're just playing with you. Um, Ian, thank you so much. Um, Could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business, please? Yeah, you can find us at parkerclay.com and on social media with the hashtag parkerclay. Uh, We're on all the media, social media platforms um, and, and check us out. Excellent. And that's Parker Clay, spelled as you'd expect it to be spelt. So P-A-R-K-E-R-C-L-A-Y. Um, Ian, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It has been fascinating hearing about how driven you are to do good with your business and to grow it too. So thank you. You've given us all a lot of food for thought. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. I think from listening to Ian there, what we can all take away is that it is infinitely possible to create a successful growing business that is both um, bringing the profit and the purpose, as he said. And as you can tell from him talking, it's 
it's inspiring him so much what they're achieving with their team in Ethiopia and how they're structuring how they run the business and the, all those different angles they're bringing in. But do you remember, you don't have to become Parker Clay overnight. You can take those steady steps to both grow your business and become more of a force for good. You can get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to the things we mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. When you're on the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business, including notifications as episodes go live and details of the webinar I'll be hosting to round off our January growth series, where I will be sharing my take on where you should be focusing for maximum impact in 2022. The January Growth Series continues on Thursday with our first experts mashup episode. You do not want to miss it. So make sure you've followed or subscribed to us wherever it is you're listening so you don't miss out on anything that we're sharing, especially that expert mashup episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you and all our listeners a new interview every episode because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners to succeed and thrive with their business, both to make it more successful and to turn it into a force for good for our planet. If you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a brilliant week and don't forget to keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. Over 15,000 merchants use subscriptions powered by Recharge to grow their business and their communities by increasing average order value, reducing churn and providing predictable recurring revenue. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Check them out at rechargepayments.com forward slash masterplan.